0: Our lovely people, this week we're about to bring you something very interesting indeed. I'm Alex Svetkovic and joining me is Salmon Armel and Dag Granath, the duo behind Atelier Salmon Armel, the Stockholm-based tailoring brand that's making waves in contemporary menswear. Founded in 2010, Salmon and Dag have worked tirelessly over the last nine years to create a company with unbridled cool factor, a unique product range and unswerving attention to quality. They're inspired by architecture, art, design, and seek to create clothing that's fit for the modern man, a vision that has just been showcased by their debut collection for Mr. Porter. With all this in mind, I wanted to get under the skin of what's making Salmon Armel such hot property in European menswear right now. Here goes nothing. Well, guys, I am super thrilled to have you on the podcast. Uh, I'm really excited that you're here. Thanks for taking some time out to come and chat. Um, I'm afraid, dear listeners, we're meeting this week in a rather sterile meeting room in a co-working office that we've booked, <laughs> but the, the, two, the two very elegant gentlemen before me are, are brightening the room up no end. <laughs> we're trying to spread some warmth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much. Alex. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's very, right. very happy nice to, to be on the podcast. I'm thrilled we made it work. But yeah. my, my first question to you is, is simple, I hope. Probably got a big one, but it's simple. Which is, how do you guys think about and define Atelier, Sama today? Are you a European brand, a Scandinavian brand, a tailoring brand, a casual wear brand? You sit, mm. you sit across all these things. Yeah. I think
1: it's a very interesting starting point and obviously this is something that's easier uh, for an outsider to say, I think. We had this discussion with a friend and client of ours who's called uh, Thomas uh, Sandell, who's an architect in Sweden. And he... He gets the question, or like he's he's um, uh, commonly being described as like a classic Scandinavian architect, or like that he has a Scandinavian outlook on on, on things. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, this yeah, is a good he, one. Yeah, and he and he's like, <laughs> this is a very good one. He he, uh, he told um, uh, in an interview like. I don't know, I don't know what my style is. It's like describing your face. You know what you look like, but you can't describe (laughs) your face basically. I mean, you know yourself when you see it, but it's hard to say, like, how the, no, exactly, exactly, (laughs) I have a nose and stuff. But I think uh, what we have been uh, growing more and more uh, into is a form of uh, a form of brand that, um, Produce and uh, deliver a classic, uh, ta- a tailored look, uh, a wardrobe that's based on tailoring that's um, uh, equal parts elegant and relevant because these are the two words that we c- keep coming back to all the time. I mean, we've never intended to make anything that's uh, perceived as uh, modern, but a lot of people uh, might describe the brand as being modern. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's probably
2: yeah. our styling as well. I mean, I suppose yes. we are a I classic... Suppose in terms of cut in form of looks and how we make things it's mm. very classic mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but i would say our styling and
0: our way of doing things Putting maybe things it's a together. bit more contemporary mm. I, I think actually you know the the heart of it is relevance isn't it yeah, I, yeah, I really like yeah. to think of your brand in in those terms yeah. because mm. again i the sort of again i think as a journalist if i and those, those moments where I've written something about you how do I describe you well yeah. they're chic they're minimalistic they're Scandinavian mm. it's that's all that runs a risk of being quite sort of cliches yeah, it's yeah. not something that hasn't been said before I mean mm. the whole
2: thing with being labeled like Scandinavian uh, it was like the first time when we started to come to London where people mm. were like oh you guys are like a Scandinavian brand You mm. we were like
1: what do you mean yeah. are we, like are we really like, but and then we were like slowly totally <laughs> but steady like yeah we quite are I mean and it's, that, that's something that you're actually looking back in like when you're looking uh, back at it, you're trying to like, um, find a legitimate uh, reason to why people might perceive that and trying to perhaps uh, um, think more closely of why, why that is. And we've been talking about that a lot like when in terms of color scheme, like um, a Scandinavian beach or like a beach in the Swedish Stockholm uh, archipelago in like early spring. Here is like the entire color scheme, it's not not vibrant, it's it's toned down like pale, it's not very dense in terms of uh, colors, it's just like uh, pale tones melting into each other.
0: But I think one of the things that fascinates me about that look that you've built and you've become known for is it is, I would say a very quiet revolution. Yeah. Because, you know, tonal, tonal <laughs> menswear became mm. a thing maybe two years ago yeah. and loads of magazines are covering it. Yeah. I personally got into it. Loads mm. of stylish men on the menswear scene are now super, super tonal and textured and they love it. Yeah. But you have just taken that idea further and it's extraordinarily understated while being very different to mm. put a look together. And I know you guys, and we'll talk about this in a minute, talk about building wardrobes for yeah. clients so and yeah. thinking in terms of an entire wardrobe. Yeah. To put a look together that is all taupe and all textured and mm. then all cream and then all ivory mm. and charcoal and all yeah. coffee it's so stunning but mm. so different thank you <laughs> i'm glad i'm blushing um but it it is it you've you've done something very clever because it's super different but mm. super quiet yeah. Um, but actually that leads into my, my next question which is what inspired y- your visual kind of identity mm. you know this very clean clear tonal look where does that come from I mean that
1: that's I think it's hard to I think one thing that's interesting or important to keep in mind uh, at all times uh, if you want to like understand our um, our history and our approach to, to what we do is that me and Salman been, we've been best friends since we were nine years old, basically. So, and uh, I remember it very clearly when Salman was, I don't know, twelve or something, and he was like, "I want to be when I grow up, I want to be like a professional football player, or I want to be like a fashion designer." Women's wear, though. Women. Yeah, women's yeah. wear, so like, that, yeah, that, dresses. You were
0: passionate about that from yeah. very yeah. young age. Yeah, and yeah.
1: I, I have no idea what, what like. A fashion designer meant and I'm pretty confident Salman didn't know either, no, didn't know either. <laughs> it, it, it says something about I think Salman had a very clear idea from that early age that he wanted to have a, a house or a brand or I'm a, a world if you know what I mean like an um, an a narrative or a story or uh, something that uh, it's like uh, his own uh, in a certain way and then I kind of <laughs> not, uh, tagged into that I'm not really sure
2: that. where that came from no. to be honest yeah, I, mean, that is I got my first sewing machine when I was six years old seriously yeah. yeah and I've been sewing ever since but my mom she actually used to live in London so on my mom's side they grown up in London and she worked for a short period of time as a design assistant like a part time buyer design assistant and ever since I was a small kid, I've been seeing her doing things for herself and for my elder sister, and eventually I just got into it, basically. Yeah. And they've been moderating yeah. me in that way, saying, oh, he likes these kind of things. Mm. So they will start like supporting me more and more in that. When, when, we,
1: when we started working together, obviously, it's not. Uh, it wasn't really work in terms of we didn't uh, make a living <laughs> out of it at that. I point. I basically forced dog. to yeah. <laughs> come <and> play with it. <laughs> that me, was <laughs> that was in high school basically, and I think at that point Salman was. It was growing very clear that Salman, when you compared because Salman studied tailoring or like design uh, with focus on tailoring in in, uh, in high school. And his other um, people in his school were doing, like, very avant-garde conceptual things. And someone were only doing, like, buttonholes and stuff like that. That's when I realized, like, what, like women's wear yeah. couture is not really my
0: yeah. thing. Well, it,
2: it felt like everyone in the class yeah. had it very naturally going yeah. on. And I was just forcing myself with the women's were yeah. like, trying to trying create to things. Trying to have ideas. And, and then QT you just try too
1: hard, basically. And when, we, when, when you start to narrow it down to, like, okay, it's going to be... It's going to be classic stuff. It's going to be jackets. It's going to be shirts, trousers, knits. It's not like we're not inventing the wheel, basically. Then you have a pretty narrow framework to work around in terms of if you want to uh, uh, experiment. So texture and color and stuff like that, that's basically what you have. I mean, we're not trying to, like, add zippers, diagonal zippers, like, stuff like that. Mm. So for us, it's been very natural to, to try to be very... Specific in digging where we stand, if you know what I mean. So, mm. so we've always uh, experimented with, uh, with color and tones and basically just found a certain um, palette that we Ooh. feel comfortable with, and that's uh, what we enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Has that palette evolved at all yeah. over the last few years? Yeah, it's evolving all the time. It's evolved mm. a lot since Andreas, our colleague, joined us. He had a lot of ideas that we were like... I could never, you could never pair that with that. I mean, it's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's wrong. Mm. But after a while, seeing him do it, it's like, looks amazing. I know? mean,
2: I'm wearing now in a bleached black linen full suit. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's something that we
2: wouldn't do two, three years ago. Yeah. But these are all other, like, tonal things that we can tr-
1: try to play around with. Yeah. And but I think it's always like that, like, in terms of colors, um... It's hard to think about a color for what it is, I mean, in terms of a singularity. You always think about colors in terms of configurations, like together and how they work together with other colors or as a total outfit, for example. So it's easy to say, like, yeah, I don't, I don't like the, the color orange. But you, maybe if you, see, if you see orange in the right configuration and the right tone of it, it's going, maybe it's amazing. And trying to experiment all the time with that, okay, can we integrate uh, glazed black finish into this... Uh, Cold beige, Exactly. Taupe. Does that work? I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, for us it makes total sense. Okay, can we do that with, like, uh, tobacco, uh, that type of more reddish... That type of color with black, mm, I'm, I mean, I'm not feeling it too much. And then you, you, like, you yeah. always try to push yeah, yourself and constantly that. refine Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, like
2: color schemes and shades of color is something that we talk a lot about. Yeah. But something that we really talk a lot about is uh, warm and cold. Yeah. So that's exactly what Dog just explained. Having a, a cold beige or like a warm tobacco beige, totally mm. different thing. And these things we try to play around with quite a lot. So it's mm-hmm. still the same colour, but there's tons of shades. And mm-hmm. within the shades, it's either hot or
0: cold. All of this is absolute music to my ears. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. This is like sitting here talking to a pair of painters. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. The 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 other thing that, that's really sort of just resonated with me, because you're chiming into a little bit to my own personal journey, just getting my summer wardrobe mm-hmm. sorted, yeah. Yeah. Um, over the last couple of months is not looking at colours in isolation I love that idea Mm. um case in point I'm sat here today in a rayon shirt with a with a burgundy and a yellow palm print mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. for years I've hated burgundy I, yeah. and then I decided a few months ago I, I was looking for something new yeah. in terms of palette because yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone just says I wear brown all the time which I think yeah. yeah. a fair <laughs> it's beautiful I mean. <laughs> suits you well yeah. uh, well bless you yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know it, I've I, just in the last few months, have tried to open my mind to different colours. Yeah. And actually for you guys to be doing that all the time mm. must be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. There's,
1: there's a book uh, written by a guy called Josef Albers, which is like... Um, I'm not actually sure what his profession is, but he wrote a book about the interaction of colour, which is like the first real book on uh, basically uh, like colour theory. Uh, so he's an art school professor. And uh, there's a certain um, uh, point in his book that's being made, like, it, it's usually the colors you hate the most that you will, if you give them a shot, like the most. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how he <laughs> how he argues scary, around though. that. Yeah, <laughs> but for me, it's the, it's the thing with, like, I, ha- I haven't worn a single black garment ever. Or, like... Light blue, like baby blue, like this type of like yeah, with baby's clothes blue. Mm. Uh, two colors that I've never felt uh, resonates with me, but now I'm very fond of both of those. Uh, so interesting colours. how that happens, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I also think. I'm not sure if it's yeah. true, but uh, but uh, yeah. he, he makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
2: But I also think, uh, getting back to using more black, uh, I think we, at least in in our Italian in Stockholm and traveling around doing trunk shows we can see a quite um, a trend going on with at least what we create for our clients is that uh, less and less clients of ours do like formal navy and grey suits for work and we have more clients coming in who doesn't necessarily need to have suits and tailing for work and that opened up obviously for other things and and then it's about making it as relaxed as possible yeah, yeah. maybe uh, it but it could like also it. be uh, more uh, on the opposite in our case yeah. we do yeah. a lot of what we call evening wear so it's yeah. not tuxedos, uh, okay. yeah. yeah. and it's not formal things you have for work yeah. or for like a wedding so everything in between so like for a life in between yeah. basically i think we it's, call it evening wear
1: i think it's also quite fun that the guys who are mm, the most formal stuff that we do like it's usually for the guys who are in design or like tech or stuff like that which is quite interesting because there's there's something happening there with like people in finance uh, this sort of um, uh, business branches they, they are now able to experiment downwards but the guys in the tech or design they are able to experiment upwards because right. they don't need to wear the hoodie and denim uh, cliche either so it's always those guys who are interested in like bespoke shoes and they want like a good pinstripe suit because they were never able to to wear that uh, before uh, so that i think that's quite fun so it doesn't necessarily have to be like everybody's dressing it down uh, but they're they're trying to trying to some trying something new there i suppose that,
0: that's a really encouraging thing to hear because and actually in london we hear a lot about lawyers and bankers dressing down yeah. and actually sometimes looking quite scruffy as a result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually I mean, there is me. a creative set yes. that, that we don't it's, talk about in yeah, London yeah. that you're right, yes. is dressing up. Yeah, um, but I think the, the problem there, I
1: think, is that they don't... Um, a majority of those clients that could be clients for Savile Row, for example, don't understand that they could be clients because they don't feel that that world resonates with them but when they actually see the garments and like wear them uh, a lot of them would be like totally in love like yeah. uh, because uh, obviously it's uh, garments that are well made and uh, mm. things that, pe- that resonate with people on a, but on I a think deep that, level. that
0: then for me comes back to some of the work I am trying to do with brands which yeah. is and it comes also back to your point about relevance and resonance yeah. because men connect I think the vast majority of male consumers connect with a brand or a set of values, or a perceived identity before they connect with the end clothes. Hmm. So the, the, there's still a huge problem but with that's stuffiness. that's what equity is about, yeah. I mean, building yeah. a strong brand. That's what it's about. Exactly. And I think it's even more. I think it's
1: uh, high snobiety or like hypebeasters. I think it was high snobiety, obviously a different side of the spectrum, but they wrote a very interesting like white paper on the millennial consumer. And they were talking about exactly exactly mm. that. I think that's like an entry point, uh, at least, to understand the product.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's what you've achieved, that a lot of the traditional tailoring houses can, I think, at times still struggle with a little bit, mm. is you have created, again, a brand that resonates and that's relevant. But I'm quite intrigued to sort of unpick that a little bit for you. Yeah. What What do you think... Uh, it is about and this is, must be a very difficult question for you to answer given it's <laughs> your company what do you think it is about Atelier Simon Armel that is resonating at the moment why what, what's it's it's a sort of an, an irritating what's the secret of your but success no, kind of question no no uh, I mean <laughs> in terms of
1: success I'm not sure how much uh, success there is to talk about <laughs> but <laughs> we're trying we're trying at least but yeah, I think doing that, our best uh, yeah. uh, To a certain extent I think that uh, we touched upon this earlier uh, that the um, dichotomies between formal and casual are breaking up a lot and uh, the clear distinction between um, uh, casual street and tailoring is also breaking up a bit I think uh, in terms of uh, the modern male consumer he's not interested in having like this is my going to work wardrobe, this is my walking in the park on a Sunday afternoon wardrobe. This is my going out clubbing with my friend's wardrobe. He just wants a wardrobe. He wants it to be quite small, quite effective, quite relevant. He wants it... He doesn't want it only to be like streetwear. He doesn't want it only to be tailoring. But he wants all of those things that uh, in a clear symbiosis, if you know what I mean. And... um, that's not really something we have planned but for us it was always natural uh, because uh, we have also had a background in like a big interest in we both collected uh, Margiela, Helmut Lang pieces before like even uh, starting to um, to do tailoring and for us both parts of the wardrobe has always been um, equally important and there's no necessar- there's not necessarily like a hierarchy um, in the in the wardrobe. Um, I'm not sure if that's uh, one way of uh, explaining it but no. it's, it's something that we are um, uh, talking to our clients uh, about uh, every day
0: ab- yeah every day basically mm-hmm. yeah. That's absolutely fascinating. Mm. And again, a quite a sort of a refreshing attitude towards wardrobe building actually. Yeah. It's something I struggle with personally. Mm. And I and I, I think perhaps it's because I've spent five or six years writing editorials about mm. how to dress formally, how to yeah. dress for the weekend. Yeah. But actually you're right, you know, some of the projects I've worked on just recently, I have felt like Talking about weekend wear yeah. and your walk in the park, yeah. and or going out for cocktails, it it is starting to feel quite tired. Something mm-hmm. something I might probably need to work on is a, is a lexicon for talking about menswear that's relevant. Yeah. But you've clearly yeah. slipped into that niche. Yeah. It's so yeah. we we
2: usually talk a lot about, especially in the atelier in, in Stockholm, uh, about hybrids. Mm. That's why I mean we're a tailoring brand but we also would like to say that we're a quite strong knitwear brand. Mm. Uh, I mean we do custom made knitwears. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm not and sure they're stunning. I'm not
2: I don't I'm not sure if anyone else is doing that on the same level that we are doing it. And that's something that we're super proud of as well. But with that said the knitwears are hybrids for us because mm. they give us the option of creating smarter things with fewer things. So yeah. if we can give uh, if we can create the suit and give some time researching on a good cloth with some mm. texture on it. Yeah. Then suddenly we can create something that a client can have for work. Yeah. Then you can get rid of the jacket and just have a pair of knitwear mm. with that. And then you can do opposite the other day around if you're going mm. on a date, as an example. Yeah. So creating hybrids is very important. Yeah, and that,
0: that one look, that yeah. set of three pieces almost yeah. works on a sliding yeah. scale there. And the knitwear is very I important mean, obi-
1: Obviously, uh, less but better is one of the... Um, <laughs> Uh, humongous cliche but but obviously less but better is something that we are striving towards a lot and I think a lot of people and brands are are doing that but trying to actually promote less but better for clients without them feeling restricted by that approach to to shopping you need to work with as Salman said with, with these hybrid pieces in between that makes Tailored garments relevant in different contexts. I think, um, and I think we show that a lot on Instagram
2: in yeah. lookbooks. Yeah. Uh, it's a very strong, uh, how do you say, a part of our foundation. I mean, yeah. and it's growing
0: every day. Well, talking of less but better. Yeah. Um. Congratulations on your recent Mr. Porter debut. Yeah. Thanks which, you thank you very, very much. Is just thanks you thank you very much. Um. How did that come about? Only launched a couple of months ago, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. six weeks ago. Yeah, really. And it's been every day. day it feels, it
1: feels yeah. like uh, age, <laughs> ages ago. Um, no, it was. It was. Um, we've actually been talking a lot about that um, internally. Like, obviously, uh, we have a lot of Sweden in terms of per capita, the amount of design companies and fashion companies that are uh, from Stockholm is quite a lot and uh, a lot of those are customers of ours and a lot of those people are asking like why don't you make like a ready-to-wear line uh, that you can have uh, working uh, beside uh, your your custom-made offering and uh, I mean we've we've talked about it and we've Mm. been uh, intrigued but we've never like felt that um, it's the right time we don't have the logistics or yeah. digital infrastructure there's infra a few structure. things yeah, yeah. you need to have in mind but we have it. said that if we were to do something like that it would be really cool to do that together with Mr. Porter yeah. um, and then uh, we we got a call from Mr. Porter <laughs> <And> <laughs> out of the blue yeah. yeah no it was really out it was, it was out of the blue and yeah, um, yeah and, that, and then we kind of yeah. like yeah let's let's uh, let's try let's yeah, try exactly. it. I mean we haven't
2: um, this is the first time around that we do uh, not direct to consumer yeah uh, so it's a totally different thing for us uh, but I think our whole approach to creating something for me supporter is the same approach we have for every client booking an appointment and yeah. visiting us we want to create and curate a wardrobe for this client mm. if it's everything at once or if it's uh, planning for upcoming years it doesn't really yeah. matter but we have the same approach for Mister Porter, as we do for every client, yeah. it's the same way of working for us, at least creatively. Yeah. Then the other part of logistics and pricing and all that is a totally different thing. Yeah. But I, I Salman, Salman,
1: he has an extremely good eye for seeing uh, garments as uh, a part of a bigger whole uh, and understanding what the client needs and how it's going to work in that client's life. Obviously, all good design starts with an Understanding of who you're designing for. And after having sat down with Mr. Porter and talked to them like, okay, this is our vision, this is what we're about. And uh, they gave us extremely free hands with, with like, doing what we wanted to do with the collection. And then uh, we kind of, I told someone basically like, I mean, just do what you do with the client because I'm, I'm unsure how you do it but if you think like, hey, <laughs> this, is a, this is a client that you're like do do your dream wardrobe for this client mm. and then it's it's just that the client is buying like one of each size and a lot see. <laughs> of each size so, so it's not it wasn't very complicated after mm. that I think
0: but I, I think um, again that's tremendous because now you've said that to me I can see in my mind's eye having browsed the collection yeah uh how that really does work, and how you have basically I don't know what it is maybe it's 15 16 pieces, right, but exactly. it is a wardrobe, yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing that I love about it that we've talked about before is often when a, a brand with a very unique identity yeah. moves into a slightly different part of the market, yeah, it something gets watered down, yeah, and this really isn't, yeah. it is. It, it could all be just your bespoke showroom pieces. Yeah. It's exactly I mean, the same are, product.
2: They're made with the exactly the same tailors in Italy. Yeah. Everything is produced exactly the same way. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why we haven't done wholesale before, mm. because with the, the, the companies and the um, artisans that we work with in Italy, there is no room on the margins to do wholesale. Mm. Uh, if you want to work on this level of handicraft, it's very, very hard to do yeah. a wholesale model on it. And, uh, you can see that, uh, obviously, it's a trend going on with uh, brands coming up doing direct-to-consumer uh, as a model, basically. And wholesale is, unfortunately, slowly but steady
0: yeah, growing. Struggling.
1: Uh, yeah, slugging, struggling. Yeah. Um,
0: how has it been received, is the next question. Yeah,
1: I think it's been very, very well received. Uh, obviously, we don't have a lot to uh, compare with. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been selling quite nice from, uh, from what we've heard. And the uh, reception uh, in... Uh, in uh, press has been amazing. Mm. Obviously, we feel every day that we are very, very grateful to uh, the clients that are supporting us and actually buying pieces from us in our atelier or during trunk shows. And for us, I think that we feel extremely... We feel as loyal to our clients that they do to us. And it's always like a little bit, um, you're always a little bit nervous when you're doing something new because you want to make sure that it resonates with the people that are supporting your business and like meeting you every day. So this was obviously something that we were like, okay, are people going to like this? And, um, but uh, I mean, what I'm most happy about, is not like, I don't know, getting an article in vogue or something like that. I'm happy to hear that clients that we meet on a weekly basis are like, congratulations guys. it looked really nice and they're happy for us. And I think that was like the most important thing yeah. for us. Uh, I agree. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been nice. I mean, Mr. Porter are professionals. I mean, they're yeah, so it, nice yeah, to work with. If there's anyone to trust yeah. with, with your
0: brand, it's them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, really well, nice. again, congratulations because Handcut Radio is very happy for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> All I'm of us at Handcut Radio.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about your, your business because it intrigues me. Um, Something that we were talking about before uh, I went into my local radio voice and we started chatting (laughs) was um, the importance of dialogue to you and how you feel that dialogue has really helped you to grow. Um, Could you expand on that a little bit for me? When we talk about dialogue being important to your business, what do you mean? I think um, the problem with uh,
1: operating on a... Uh, basis where you don't meet uh, the final client face to face on a regular basis is that uh, it's going to be very hard for you to uh, build, to to design good and relevant things I mean dialogue uh, could also be understood in the wider spectrum like dialogue is the process of developing uh, your own personality developing relationships uh, but also the process of uh, Deepening an understanding for another client for another person in order to to make good things for that person and I think since the company is basically the an end result of Our friendship and obviously this company has been like a dialogue that we've been having since we were nine years old Basically, it's just like a continuous dialogue about that uh, what we are doing and uh, and that's going why we are doing it exactly time. and now it's been um, the the concept of, of dialogue has been growing even more when we are starting to get a certain type of clientele that's like i mean we we really admire these people like they are maybe architects or um, they have started different businesses or designers or musicians and like being able to meet those people and talk to them about their approach to things is also something that enriches us a lot and enables us to make uh, better things for them.
0: But actually I think you do draw on art and architecture and different areas of design very heavily in your work, don't you? Where, where do those sort of passions come from and, and feed into Sam and Arma? I think uh, I actually studied architecture for a year
2: uh, two years ago so that uh, has been very more uh, because I mean starting this company was first my hobby mm. and then it became my profession mm. so I ended up looking for other um, hobbies, and, hobbies and, my, and my profession exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After a while. exactly I forced you into yeah, exactly. it exactly so <laughs> but I'm very happy that you're yeah. along, <laughs> along the way with me Yeah, uh, but eventually I just found that I'm or both of us but Most of me more drawn to architecture and interior design as well as a part of the whole thing Mm. Uh, I mean we have a few clients of ours who guide us in those things as well And it's Mm. very fun to have a dialogue with them even though Mm. if they're coming to us to get help with their wardrobe uh, at the same time we're talking what they do and where they find their source of inspiration and where they're looking at for colors or mm. materials and structures. And basically. I guess
0: when you are working extraordinarily hard on building your business yeah. uh, and your life is just clothes, 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 yeah. clothes, clothes, it must also be quite refreshing to be able yeah. to step back and go, of course. Yeah. oh, thank God they're only clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree, I agree. I think
1: Salman has a much more uh, developed sense of aesthetics when it comes to form... Um, uh, in the wider spectrum, if you know what I mean. Like, I, d- I don't care so much how my home looks. I mean, if I go into a restaurant, I'm like... It's the most yeah, beautiful home, though. It looks oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I don't believe the word there. Uh, but it's, <laughs> only, it's only but that's for everywhere, patients, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but someone, like, when he enters a restaurant, he's going to be, like, immediately, like, touching the table and, like, oh, it's interesting. Why did it choose this material? And, like, oh, that's a really nice lamp. And I'm like... I mean, I don't have that same eye, mm. uh, but you uh, you do. obviously you, do, you just don't mind it that much as I do. No. <laughs> but obviously, I think it's nice to have other, um, other, <laughs> other interests uh, yeah. in terms of. Uh, yeah, I mean, you would go crazy
0: if you didn't. I yeah, suppose. I yeah. bet. Uh, um, talking of going crazy, yeah. Seven <laughs> <laughs> Arml is now nine years old. Yeah, almost almost yeah, nine yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah. What, what are some of the, I don't know, what are the, some of the challenges and the things you've learned along the way? What, 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 how have you built this business? Um,
1: I, I mean, first of all, we've, uh, we own the company ourselves. We have uh, never uh, had <laughs> any money, like, starting off. We don't... You didn't uh, come... have any investment? or anything? No, no, and we don't come from, a, like, a um, uh, situation at home where we, like, had a bunch of money to start mm. off the company. And I think, um, in terms of, uh, there there's like a built-in slowness in what we have done because we started making ties and we did that for a couple of years. It's only like 2000, 2015 was the first year we did custom-made stuff. Before that, it was only actually ties. like atelier. Yeah. Before yeah. that, we did bespoke ties and shirts, yeah, which we did ourselves. And uh, and having that. Um, inertia built into the process of developing a business kind of um, um, it kind of um, made it impossible for us to like go in a crazy direction because we didn't have enough money to make any we didn't have enough money to lose any money if yeah. you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. I mean. The whole foundation is built on that we bought two meters of fabric. This is actually a true story. Yeah. We bought two meters of fabric made two ties out of them like the sevenfold, so there's a lot of cloth. Yeah, a lot of Yeah, exactly. Sold them, bought four meters, made four ties, sold them, and then just. And it literally three. started like that. Yes. This. Mm. And, and we were 15 years old. I mean.
1: But it, one, one big <laughs> thing that we have <laughs> learned uh, along the road is that, uh, and it's not like uh, we've been. The, the interest for like, uh, building a sustainable business. Uh, has increased a lot like a business that we can actually live from it the the um, going from like okay this is a hobby that I do with my best pal to like okay this is going to be a serious company we're going to have people employed that's a switch you need to be very careful when you mm, make that's and, scary and, yeah. yeah yeah but it's like it's also intriguing and fun but it's you you need to make sure that's like okay we need to think about uh, I don't know like we're still a small company but like establish some form of corporate culture that's not like okay this is two blokes having a good time if you know what I mean mm. um, so that's one of the things that's been very like
0: uh, that actually must be quite a difficult thing to give up to yeah. kind of go okay right I'm we're in a good place at the moment we're, we're really enjoying working together as a duo we're yeah. doing okay but we need to put our serious heads on for the mm. next year and yeah. go again mm-hmm. yeah and, that's that's yeah But I think it's been
2: very natural for us in that way because when we started off doing this 2015 I mean we were quite young and charging this amount of money for things people were always questioning us like do you guys really know anything about tailoring like do you actually know anything about making garments like this so we we ended up being forced into being more professional in a very young age and I think the whole hobby thing Disappeared quite quickly, yeah. and we realized uh, this is still fun. Yeah. We can have it as still a profession but, it's, as well. yeah, exactly. but
1: I think it, it wouldn't have been possible for us to make what we are doing if it wasn't for the fact that Salman had. I mean, he made jackets for me that he made himself, like a lot of them, uh, when we were still in high school. So, like, mm, without Salman's knowledge of basically how the architecture of a jacket. It wouldn't have been possible, I think. Mm. I mean, uh, I have a different outlook uh, on it, and we have obviously different skill sets. But um, especially when we started off, like no, being, I, mean, a, a, a I think young, it's a, it's a combination young. of both of us,
2: I would say. I'm, yeah, I'm obviously. I, yeah, I'm very happy that you're saying that, but I think it's a combination of
0: both. Yeah. But I, love I, I
2: guess the the listeners to this podcast is going to realize that as well.
0: I hope <laughs> so. But I, but I actually I did want to ask how you split things in the business. But yeah. before I do, um, I. I had no idea that you started making ties and it sounds like being able to rely on very slow, steady, solid growth has been a real key to success yeah. for you for the last nine years, yeah. But. Just as a little anecdote for you, do you know that's how the great Ralph Lauren started? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ties, ah, yeah, yeah. ties in a suitcase. Yeah. When's the massive, massive building uh, in New York going to appear? We still have a, way, a long way to
1: go, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's quite uh, funny actually. That true. story, that story is
0: being brought up once in a while actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with, uh, absolutely tremendous! No, I've I've got new. I've got set my sights even further. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shit, we're going to disappoint everybody. <laughs> how how do you split things between yourselves in the business? Then how do you how do you make things work between you? Mm. So you've sort of got. I guess it sounds like. And actually, I'm, I'm asking because I, I should know this, but I don't. Yeah. Craftsmen and sort of businessman or is it or is it more blended well, i mean than actu- that? actually
1: Salman is the businessman as well we're doing the business uh, i mean Salman always was like the more practical of us and uh, looking at numbers it's quite practical like you're uh, i mean Salman is like an excel expert at this point so uh, <laughs> but Salman is uh, doing all product development uh, trying to improve the product uh, uh, all the time. And he meets a majority of the client together with um, our colleague in uh, Stockholm, Andreas. Um, and I work more with uh, developing uh, the brand and uh, I suppose the more overarching strategic things. And communication. Say, communication as well. I mean, obviously a big part of our business is, I mean talking to people over email, making mm. sure they know when their stuff is arriving, making sure they know what uh, cloth we are using for their jacket, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I think this is like a hygiene factor that we've always been extremely careful with. Like, I mean, nobody should email us and not get an answer within yeah. uh, like the same day. And
2: I, I would say that's probably the foundation of why we are
1: here now. Yeah, uh, of the yeah. things,
0: yeah. Interestingly, uh, one of our other guests on this podcast too, I have a huge amount of respect for Paul Crounson, the editor in chief of Yeah, Report, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's really cool. He said to me, I think during the podcast, that he loves your social media content because oh, nice. it's very clean wow. and very sort of pure, and it Thanks kind of that. distills yeah. <laughs> <laughs> distills cool. the essence of the brand. Yeah. Um, how How has that been for you sort of getting getting into communicating about this business and figuring out how you present yourselves online yeah well uh,
1: I mean I wish I had a good answer to,
2: no, to online that. is very hard because yeah. we work with a very tactile product, yes, you need to feel it especially with us working with very subtle things as we were talking on mm-hmm. early on uh, Mutual colors I mean there's a lot of hand touch to it Mm. You need to feel how casual is to your skin You need to feel how
1: baby camel is to your skin You need to feel how vicuña is to your skin I mean super technology is going to ask For super tactility in a way It's always been like a motto for us And we need to in our communication Make sure that we um, Project an image That is strong enough for people To create a will To visit us Because like the end, yeah, the end goal of our communication isn't that. Oh, here you see this image. Click now and buy it. I mean, it it needs to be has a certain level of mystique about it. a certain level of like um, intrigue. Like you want to be intrigued. You want to know Mm -hmm. more. But actually, like it's it's not uh, it's not too complicated. Uh, We've only said um, like internally amongst ourselves like we should. We're not experts in... um, We're not art directors. We're not, like, uh, professional marketers. Let's keep it very simple and try and make good stuff and uh, communicate around those stuff. Let's not try to, uh, like, make any uh, silly or crazy campaigns that we can't, like... um Back up. Yeah, exactly, basically. Mm. So so we just, like, try to be... uh, be very simple in everything that we do.
0: Um. But that that clearly has worked very well. I think yeah. it's really compelling your your digital kind of profile. Yeah, thank because you. Very it much. T- simply because so many brands shout today, and you refuse to. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean I that, like that's that. very
1: very. That's a very nice thing of of you to say. That's Sorry. exactly yeah. what we're uh, aiming for. I think. Yeah. And it's yeah. also
2: referring back to what we said earlier. Uh, Making things that you can continue to do over time, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I mean our Instagram has been evolving slowly but steady mm. uh, for many many years, yeah. and that's yeah. something that something that's very important. Yeah. I mean uh, to always up your game a tiny bit yeah. and trying to up everything a tiny bit. And again, bit. that's
0: like that's what we've talked about with your business yeah. growth, isn't it? So yeah,
1: yeah. But now now I mean this uh, this year has been the first year that we've actually been able to bring in people that are like good for real good <laughs> at what they are doing and helping us with uh, with different stuff. Like uh, we have an interior designer that we're working with, we have an art director We have um, uh, a creative studio people in Stockholm that are really really good and whose work we respect a lot Um, so uh, but we'll see um, we're still um, waiting to see like the result of all that but um, we're starting a lot of discussions now that uh, hopefully will generate something very nice within like Half a year or a year or something like that.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to I can't wait to see that. Oh, it's gonna um, be it's
1: gonna be nice. I think it's gonna uh, be nice. But you need to like uh, things need to take time. I think. I mean, we're not like uh, rushing anything. Uh, it's not gonna. We're never gonna do like a crazy right, shift I from one season to another. Like now, it's, now it's this look. Now we left the the pale and taupe that sort of stuff. Now that's old. Now we're only doing. Uh,
2: yeah, that's not the, the, the way, is it? It's oh, about no. we're developing a look. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and we're in for the long run. That's mm. very important to know as well. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I hope, uh, and I, I truly feel that most of our clients, if 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 it's in Stockholm or abroad,
0: they feel that as well. Yeah. I'm sure they do, yeah. I mean I certainly do, I think yeah. you know again, one of the reasons why I wanted to take some time to to mm. chat to you, mm. why I'm thrilled we caught you yeah. While yeah. You're in <laughs> London, is that you know there is a there is a genuine sense of Sophistication about everything you do, and I do think it comes across, and clients appreciate it. Thank Um, you you very much. On that note, chaps, there we are. I I, I got so much out of that conversation. Really, really interesting. Great to have a chance to catch up. Yeah. Um, And I hope I'll see you again soon. It was our pleasure entirely. Thank Thank you for having having us on the podcast. That's all for this week, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Just a reminder that this podcast is produced by Birch, a London and New York-based creative agency. They are my rock, and we really couldn't produce this podcast to such a high standard without them. Please do check out their work at thinkbirch.com. Thanks also to our wonderful sound editor and theme music composer, Joe Boyd. Listen to more of his music by following at this Is Joe Boyd. Finally, don't forget to rate and review us. I know I sound like a broken record, but that minute of your time really does help to boost us up the podcast charts, and we really do appreciate it. Let me leave you with some rapid-fire questions for our guests, as per usual. I really think you're going to want to hear these. OK guys, rapid-fire, just mm. uh, to, to get some thoughts out of your head as we as we close things down. Absolutely. If you could only wear one suit, what would it be?
1: Taupe Taub- cashmere. I was going to say taupe flannel, but now <laughs> I'm going to say uh,
0: charcoal uh, flannel. Cool. Uh, who has inspired you the most over the years? Phoebe Philo, selling Time. Ralph Lauren. Great. Uh, what has kept you going when times have been tough? Dog.
1: Salman. it's,
0: uh, <laughs> it's uh,
1: You can't answer it in any other way. That's a wicked answer. Mm-hmm. And finally, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I, I, it was actually Salmon's father told us that take care of each other. It's the most important thing, to always make sure that you take care of each other. It's much more important than
0: being successful. Uh, yeah. What a charming note to end on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys.